Quick idea. Community isn't that thing I do on some Sundays. It's how I am who I am in Christ. I cannot be a Christ follower and not be in community. Our weekly identity statement, I am in Christ. I am one in Christ with my Jesus family. And our memory verse, no good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of, Luke chapter 6, verse 43 through 45. I'm a bit of an idealist, which isn't always the best thing. I'm a firm believer in truth and that there are right and wrong things and ways of doing things. That's a big part of why I was so drawn to Micah 6.8 as the key verse for our church. Do justice. Do what's right. Act justly. When something is wrong, it's wrong. Stealing is wrong. Taking advantage of people is wrong. Sex trafficking is wrong. There is a huge list of things that are right and wrong. Where my idealism becomes a challenge is within the church. It's pretty clear that Jesus' idea for his community was family. It's pretty clear that was how the rest of the New Testament writers thought about it too. Luke chapter 8, verse 19 through 21. Now, Jesus' mother and brothers came to see him, that's Jesus, but they were not able to get near him because of the crowd. Someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to see you. He replied, my mother and brothers are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. A lot of people read this and think that Jesus is denigrating his mother and brothers. We read that and get offended for Mary. This is your mom, Jesus. She gave birth to you. But that's not really the focus of what Jesus was saying. In fact, instead of denigrating his family, he was elevating his true family. My family are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. This was an elevation of status that was completely countercultural. Family lineage was a big deal. You can see this when you read Matthew and the genealogy of Jesus. Everyone in Jewish culture knew who the father of their father of their father was and could trace it all the way back to the 12 sons of Israel. So for Jesus to elevate his followers to the status of family was huge. This was how Jesus treated his community. They ate together, lived together, ministered together, walked together, and did the whole of life together. This is the ideal. The early church lived very much in this way. They completely and utterly relied on one another for their very survival to a fault, to the point that it may have cost them too much. Several of the problems that Paul and Peter and John dealt with in their letters were those of a communal nature. According to Jesus, the right way to be the community of Christ is family. Sure, you have your blood family, but this is more than that. This isn't just biology, this is soulology. Sure, you have similarities in DNA and blood type relation, though not always, to your parents, but in the church, we all have one blood type, Jesus' blood. And that's where it starts to get tricky. Jesus said he wouldn't leave us as orphans, John fourteen eighteen. In John 8, he contrasts his father with the devil as the father of the Pharisees. And like we read about recently in Galatians 4, 4 through 8, But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship, because you are his sons. God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. 
which we interpret as really great news, because it is. We are adopted into God's family, and the spirit that Jesus sent is the voice in us that calls out to the Father. Here's the thing. We can only have one Father. Sure, you might have your biological father, but if you're adopted into a new family, by law, you have a new father. Your biological father doesn't have rights and responsibilities over you. Your adopted father does. And you have new siblings, those who have the same father as you. Your loyalty is no longer to your birth family. Now it's to your God family. So when I read the New Testament, when I look at what I know of the early church, I see a really radical community. A more family-than-family kind of community. But that's not our experience in the church today. That's the Jesus way for doing community, but it's not the reality of the church today at all. And if we're being honest, we don't really want that kind of church family. Personally, this is hard for me, because while I want to know and experience this kind of community and family in our church, just like anyone else, I am accustomed to and quite like my blood family and our family life. The Linder family has had to change and adapt from what we were used to and learn to not only make accommodations for our 6-8 family, but to start making it more and more of a priority. In fact, if you told us when we started here six years ago that our lives would be as intertwined with the church as they are now, we probably wouldn't have believed you. So I get it. I get where we're coming from when we have to choose between what our family of origin has taught us is important about family and what we are teaching at 6-8 about church family. There's a tension there, and it isn't easy. But there's a goodness in that all on its own. That is, the reason it's hard is because it's good. If it was easy, every church would be doing it, but it's not easy, so almost no churches are doing it. But what if we started to think about our 6-8 family the same way we think about our nuclear family? Or what if we took it to a greater level than we ever experienced in our nuclear family? What if we took commitment to our 6-8 family at least as serious as we do our commitment to our DNA family? I suppose this is too radical an idea for our day and age. It's, it's probably far too extreme for most people in our society. That's a bar that's probably just too high, and there's no way we could ever get there. Even if it's what Jesus had in mind, even if that's the paradigm we're supposed to be operating from, realistically, it's probably not for us today. I can try to make peace with it. I can try. But what if there's something so good there that we're missing? What if there's this incredible level of relationship that we're missing out on by not trying? What if the reason we're not growing personally is because we're not committed to the body like we should be? What if it was never supposed to be about me, but it was always supposed to be about we? And what if a huge part of what we wished we had could be met by this kind of family? And what if we're standing right on the edge of the river of God's blessing for our lives, but all we ever do is dip our toes in it, and God is inviting you into the river? Come on in, boys. The water is fine. Our daily scripture focus, Luke 8, 19-21. Now, Jesus' mother and brothers came to see him, but they were not able to get near him because of the crowd. Someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to see you. He replied, my mother and brothers are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. As we wrap up, I encourage you to think and pray through a few things. First, conceptualize. What TV family can you think of that seemed to be a really closely knit family? The Brady Bunch, Little House on the Prairie, 
maybe even the closeness and relationships portrayed on Friends or The Office. Can you imagine yourself in a family relationship like that with your church family? Second, reflect. What relationships are the closest you have in your life at this moment? Third, repent. Spend some time praying and ask God to change your mind and heart about each of these areas. If you have refused to embrace your brothers and sisters in Christ as family, ask God to help you see your relationships with them as He sees them. And finally, thank God. Thank God for a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Thank God for adopting you into His family. And thank God for the gift of community. Community.